the NI Golf Podcast with Paul Kelly and Morris J. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening to the NI Golf Podcast episode 47. 47 it is and we have a slightly different format this week for the podcast uh, normally we are in the salubrious surroundings of City Keys 2 on the 7th floor overlooking the Odyssey and the River Lagan and Titanic building it's usually lovely uh, today Mr Kelly slightly different I'm in my wee studio I have my second uh, glass of gin poured here and I have to say I'm enjoying this better than usual I am currently sitting in my wee box room looking at a blank wall <laughs> well, I have. Uh, I actually can see from here where I am with the man. I'm overlooking Hollywood Golf Course. All right, I say overlooking. I'm actually about half a mile away. I can see a tiny wee corner of the first green. That's, but that's you know, it's all relative, I guess. So we're doing a slightly different uh, podcast this evening. As I'm in Hollywood, uh, Paul's in Armagh, and we've been out about on the road. Last week we were doing a bit of a golf holiday, albeit a busman's holiday. Uh, we were up working and playing at Castle Rock and Ballyliffin. Yep, that's right. And as a result today, you will hear from Des Smith and the European Tour Simon Ellis ahead of the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open. And we've also been speaking to Castle Rock's Bert McKay and course architect Martin Hawthorne about the changes they have made to the course. And we will still have our regular rundown of all the latest pro and amateur news. So let's start with uh, Ballyliffin. The European Tour held a launch event for the DDF Irish Open as the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, hosted by the Rory Foundation up in Donegal last week it was last Wednesday uh, obviously we took a trip up to see what was going on uh, you can see the vlog that we made of the actual press conference itself on our revisit on our YouTube channel uh, and, it, and we ha- it has some of the press conference on there as well we'll touch on the rest of the press conference this evening here on the podcast so you can check that out uh, Mr Kelly yeah. you've been to Ballyliffin quite a few times I'd never been to Ballyliffin before but what a place well I'm glad you enjoyed it it's just a shame the weather was so tough here Morris but uh, it is easily up there with some of my favourite golf courses that I've played. It's just absolutely stunning. <laughs> well, that's it. I didn't see too much of the course, you know. It's, uh, um, you know, I had my head down most of the time looking at the turf. The turf's lovely. I'm not sure about the views and surrounding, but the turf is lovely. The head was down, the wind was howling, it was 50 miles an hour at times, gale force winds. Um, I'm sure there's nice views out there, but, you know, you'll have to, you'll have to explain them to me. Yeah, well, it, what what I will say is that it, when it when it blows up there, you know, you can imagine just how tough a test it's going to be for the pros because we were only playing off the forward tees and at some stage, even you with all your big hitting were finding it hard to find fairways. You see, if you put any spin on the ball at all, any side spin on, in, a, in a wind at all, you're, you're snookered, you know, and that's, unfortunately, I can't hit a straight ball. You know, mine either, you know, fade or slice right, right, right or hook a bit and go left and just... And no matter how hard I tried to tell myself, just take a four iron, knock it down the middle. I couldn't do it. And I'm so annoying. Um, but, but, but however, you know, what, what a stunning place. Um, the greens were incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. They had the ball running at 12 on the stimp for the media day. Yeah. And with the wind blowing, yes, the ball was getting oscillating around. And it well, was almost you know, coming off the green at times. Well, in my case, sure did come off the green for me on the 13th, do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a yeah. wee wedge, I had a wedge onto the green, turned round to put my club back in the bag, and when I looked round again, the ball was nearly beside me and it blown back off the green. <laughs> it was a battle with the elements. 
Yeah, we kind of touched on some of this stuff at the at the press conference. Just you know, what happens if if the weather you know changes dramatically at Donegal, and you know, yeah. I, I, they probably would have taken the players off the course um, if it had been that windy. Whenever you know, if the tournament was on. Yeah, I suppose you can't have the ball moving about when for the pro players. It's just there's too much money. There's too many ragging points on the line for them to be trying to to play in that, and they probably want the greens even a wee bit quicker again. But uh, it'll all depend on the weather forecast, Morris. If it's windy, the greens will be slow. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the actual news, there wasn't too much news. Nothing. Nothing new really with regards to the big name players committing to the event. Still a bit early days. Uh, as they pointed out, it is a seven million dollar prize fund, so you're going to get the best of the Europeans no matter what. Wait, wait to be seen how many of the Americans come over. Uh, however, Dubai Duty Free did confirm that they would remain as title sponsors until 2022. They've taken a two year and a further two year option. Uh, Irish golfing legend Des Smith will also take on a more involved role as tournament ambassador and he chatted to Paul. Biz, you've played golf for a long time. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Can you give me some idea how tough that was today? Well, I think just the wind speeds today were up on 38 to 40 miles an hour, so that really says it all. But, you know, we were very fortunate, very little rain, and we all got 18 holes played, so we, we, we had a lot of fun. I presume that over the years you've played in some tough conditions. I have. Can you pinpoint one day where you thought to yourself... I could be doing something else. <laughs> Paul, you have to love it. And I love playing golf. Uh, that's why I turned pro. So, yeah, it was a challenge. But listen, yeah. it was good fun. We, You know, I played with Greg. Yeah. We played very well as a team. And it gave me an opportunity to see the Glashidi course, which I'd never played before. I was up here playing the Senior Irish Open a number of years ago on the old links. So now I've played both. And I must say, it's a very strong it's a very strong links. And, you know, it's, it, it's going to test the best players in the world in July um, Pat Ruddy's been here and put a few bunkers in and a few of my partners today reckoned that Pat had been out overnight and dug a few more Yeah. Uh, what do you think um, in terms of the links courses they've played over the last few years where does this rate? Yeah no it rates very highly um, it, 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 as I say it's my first time I thought the bunkers are very well placed they're strategic the guys are going to have to make decisions to play short or if they can take them on that's fair enough uh, they have any amount of length if they need it. Uh, I'm told it can be stretched to 7.5, which is a huge for a Lynx course. Normally, you would not play a Lynx at that length because you're guaranteed to get wind. So the wind itself creates a challenge. So, But if the conditions went flat cam, which I doubt very much if it'll happen here, they have that option. And the news today is that you've extended your ambassadorial role with uh, Dubai Duty Free and the Irish Open. Is it a slightly different role than you've had? You're going to be a bit more hands-on? Yeah, it's a different role because, you see, the the the, um, the idea now is that we're going to have hosts of the Irish Open. Next year, Paul McGinley is going to be host. And then the sequence after that, I believe, is uh, um, GMAC, uh, Darren Clark, Porrick Harrington. And the tour have asked me to come on board to coordinate with those players uh, naturally enough they're busy they're on tours they might not always be able to attend functions they want me to stand in and they want me to advise them on the week in introductions to people they might know uh, any advice they might require so I'm, I'm only too happy to be involved it's a great honor for me 
And you also have an ambassador role with Team Ireland that was announced maybe 18 months ago. Yeah. And you held your first pro-am after Port Stewart last year to try and raise some much-needed funds for Team Ireland. Uh, I believe you're going to give it an all-go this year? Yes, we were. We played in... Where did we play? We played last year... Was it the K-Club? No, no, we're playing the K-Club this year. Okay. And we played... I'm just having Lutterstown. a miss. Lutterstown. Yeah, gee, uh, Lutterstown. Uh, that's the problem we're getting over <laughs> 60. We played Lutterstown. We were a very successful day. We were able to put 60,000 into the kitty to help the young Irish pros, male and female. And we're running the same event again on the 2nd of July. That's the week of the, the Monday of the Irish Open. So at the moment, I'm actively out there sending the, the letters and trying to get the sponsors together to, to put on our yeah, day. Yeah. And obviously, it's more than just providing a few pounds for the ambassador your role with Team yeah. Ireland yeah, there is a sounding board for some of these young yes. pros and we're seeing them more and more of them turn pro um, what about the likes of Stephanie Meadow how well she's done looking forward to the likes of Leona Maguire so yeah. the girls golf seems to be producing an awful lot of solid yeah, yeah we, we've we've been supporting Stephanie um, and she's showing really good form again she had some difficult times in, in her life which happily she seems to be recovering um, her golf's improved again so that's good news uh, yeah Leona and and her sister actually uh, are going to turn pro so we'd probably start supporting those as well uh, plus all the other guys um, that are involved in the program and really what we want we want to see uh, a Paul Dunn who who was supported in his first year but once they make the step and start becoming successful they don't need our help but as a rule we will support for four to five years depending just to give these young people an opportunity concentrate on the golf get a feel for what the tour is like and hopefully this is what we want them to do succeed yeah. i'm talking about paul paul joined up with gavin to win the golf sixes the other, the other week yes how important could that be for gavin well i think it will be important for gavin because he he played in about seven events and missed a cut and i know some of them by by one shot i think on three occasions so it's a great uh, confidence boost for him uh, the money will come in very handy because as you know it's not cheap playing the tour and that's the reason why Team Ireland support these young players so yeah it'll be great for him but I, I, Paul is really making strides you know he's he's won twice he, he has big ambitions and I hope he succeeds I think Donners is going to be uh, okay as you mentioned there it's good for Gavin to get that uh, win under his but that should take care of most of his money worries for the rest of the year well now that Gavin has that, that nice pot of money he can hopefully relax and start playing the golf that we all know he's capable of and Gavin will be certainly hopefully up in Donegal for the Irish Open and it's worth remembering just how big an event this is going to be up there it's a big step for the Tour to take this Rolex Series tournament to Ballyliffin and it's not without some logistical issues but everybody especially at the club is really rolling up their sleeves to make the event one to remember now MJ you got a quick chat with the rest of the media when you were talking to Simon Alice yeah, Simon uh, had uh, a fair bit to say. He was probably uh, the most under scrutiny and the most, you know, getting the most questions, obviously, as the tournament director. Um, a lot of people wanted to know about Tiger, and I think in these wee clips I'm going to play now, <laughs> there's probably about four or five references to Tiger. This whole Tiger rumour has been doing the rounds for, what, quite a few months now, and, uh, you know, it was brought up at the press conference, uh, along with, you know, everything else. So uh, it started off uh, our old friend and our four-ball uh, team member on at Ballyleffin, uh, Calder. 
Irvin started off by asking ta- Simon about the uh, the Tiger rumour amongst other things Carl Irvin of the Sun can I just ask you in terms of you, you mentioned the greats who are going to come here what names can you give us at this stage we're eight weeks out now from the tournament Roy McIlroy <laughs> John Ram <laughs> Tiger Woods well, it depends on who you talk to. There's a secret Twitter account somewhere, but at the minute, we, we, there's nothing to uh, nothing to really announce on the player front. We know that we're going to have a strong field. The Rolex series has already proved that. There's seven million dollars up on offer. We um, we now live in a global golfing world where schedules change very dramatically. The U.S. Open is coming up, so um, we'll see some announcements coming up in the next eight weeks. Our whole media plan is kind of set from eight weeks out. So I know there's been a little bit of a, maybe a void in, in um, the usual announcements coming through over the last few weeks. But I think if you if you keep your eyes peeled over the next few weeks, you'll see a lot more news coming out. I think it's always a positive target playing in any golf tournament in the world. And I think it's great news for the Open Championship. Um, I'm sure if he wants to come and play here, we'd welcome him. But I was too busy being brutalized out on the golf course to know that he was uh, announcing his, uh, his eligibility. Uh, one for Barry, one for uh, Simon. Barry, any plans for uh, an evening with Rory this year? Maybe with Tiger, perhaps? And Simon, uh, just speaking of the Pro-Am, any confirmed names of the Pro-Am yet? Um, our, our guest program hasn't been finalised yet, so we, we haven't we haven't firmed all that up. I don't think we're having an evening to the magnitude that we had last year in Belfast. Um, you know, we, we're expecting everyone to be on site here on the Tuesday in preparation for the uh, Wednesday program. Some people will have an early start, so we'll probably do something and it'll be in the local area, but it'll be quite a bit scaled down on, on last year. Literally yesterday, sat down, started talking about the program. Um, <clears throat> so we're at early stages. Um, we've sat down all together as, as partners in this, um, trying to work out how we're going to make it work. We're very keen to add the celebrity element. We've seen it work very successfully last year in Port Stewart. We've seen it work very successfully at the BMW PJ Championship at Wentworth. And um, so we're working on it, um, and we're hoping that obviously we'll celebrate it and use you uh, to help us push that messaging out when we know. It's a little early for us right now, but Morris, when, when we do, we'll, we'll send you out to you guys. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of rumours and, and there's a lot of speculation and obviously we're so close in the calendar to the to the Open Championship, it's very easy to, to ruminate about it. Um, we'd be delighted, we've made no efforts, as I've said to everyone else, you know, we've not deliberately gone out canvassing and we've not asked the Rory Foundation to make any deliberate moves. Um, we've got a team out in America, their job is to talk to the guys on the driving range on the PGA Tour and, and kind of see where their schedules are looking and, and what they're hoping to do. And um, there's no news this end. If uh, if it comes our way, trust me, we'll be shouting about it as, uh, as soon as possible. But uh, at the minute, there's no news, sadly. Now that you've seen firsthand how quickly the, the weather can change, we're standing here in relative sunshine and calmer winds, but today we had 50 miles an hour wind, gale force, and there was some oscillating of balls on the greens. Any concerns there? No, I think, as John Farron said earlier, it's very early in the season. The, the grass is yet to uh, to take the warmth and grow a little bit. So, uh, you know, they were, they were very keen to show kind of the speeds these greens can get up to and I think they delivered it very very well today um, it certainly taught me a few lessons and, I, and I, I might even have putted off the green maybe once or twice but um, no we've got no concerns Andy Robertson here and his team are first class this this this, um, this club is used to setting up this golf course to uh, sublime conditions as a day to day for the members so uh, no listen they're up to the task and I think it's going to be an incredible golf course you care to admit to your score today 
you know, I've no idea what my score was, but I can tell you it was horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Join the club. Cheers, Simon. <laughs> You're welcome. So that was Simon Ellis, tournament director. Uh, the main thrust of the questioning from the media was the Tiger rumour, the distance it is to Ballyliffin, bit about the weather and just the logistics behind the whole thing but I have to say uh, I'm now starting to get very very excited for this year's uh, Irish Open it's going to be amazing yeah I, I think um, certainly if if we can really get behind it and and, and really push that it's, it's not at the at the end of the world okay it's not the easiest place to get to let's be honest but when you get there you're going to get a hell of a welcome absolutely Sorry, one of the one of the people was saying about it was actually our, our friend Kevin Markham who took some photographs from one of the new tees. I think it was the fourth tee that they've actually built a brand yes, new yes. tee complex, and it's at least about 120 yards back from the current blues. Now, for whatever crazy bizarre reason, they had us off the golds that day, which was ridiculous. Uh, but this the other tee is literally it's it's like it's like in a different part of the Ballyliffin, <laughs> and it's gonna it's gonna be so if the wind is blowing the way it was for us which was basically into every single hole it's like 220 230 yards to even reach the fairway off that new tee i'm not sure if it's going to come into play that often yeah no i think it's one of those ones that if if they get some nice dry weather they'll have they'll try it because it'll be spectacular but otherwise nobody's going near that one that'll be one that well, nobody you, ever uses i'll tell you the other hole that was ridiculously difficult was the was it the seventh the par three which is about 150 yards of a par three downhill with mm-hmm. quite a severe drop down the hill you've got the dunes on the left you've got the water on the right it was the uh, it was the hole on wednesday for uh, closest to the pin and nobody got on the That's green. Right. Nobody even made yes. the green. Now that is just, that'll show you how, how strong the wind was. Alternatively, it could show you how bad the golf is, but I think, I think it didn't matter. I, I had, I had driver and didn't find the surface. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I sort of tried to drill a five iron. Now it wasn't far off, but uh, didn't make the green. It just it just went into the, the rough on the left, and, and and nobody was on the green. Of all the sixty four golfers that were out uh, from the media that day, including Des Smith, I don't even know if Des Smith held the green or not. So that'll kind of give you an idea of uh, of how mad the wind was that day. Right, moving on with the pro news, Mr. Kelly. Yeah, well, so Webb Simpson cruised to a four-shot win in the Players' Championship on Sunday. Webb put himself into a dominant position in the early rounds. He opened 66-63-68, which kind of put him out of reach. He could even afford a final round 73 to ease home. Shane Lowry was the best of the Irish. He tied for 46. Rory missed the cut unfortunately and Tiger played well again the weekend he shot 65-69 to tie for 11th and to be honest with you I stopped watching it because it was a snooze <laughs> well you know there was a wee bit of a char- here well Tiger first of all first of all he nearly missed the cut well he was one shot off the cut or something and then he ends up finishing 11 under and tied for 11th so you know mm. Tiger definitely you know they're saying is Tiger back no but he's on his way back you know if he continues this form you know he's still he's only in his new swing what six months eight months Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so give him another year and I would say Tiger will win again absolutely I think he'll win again yeah, he was impressive he was impressive in that final round as well and the 69 could have been much much better but in terms of a tournament Webb that 63 in round 2 put Webb that far ahead I had sort of already given it to him 
Well, it was his putt. Uh, his putt was off the charts. He, he he was so far ahead in terms of score uh, strokes gained putting that on the last day he was he wasn't even and he wasn't even ha- having a look on the greens, but he was still winning <laughs> putt, strokes gained putting. So that shows you how far ahead yeah, he was. Yeah. You know, it's just like uh, so. Wonderweb. I've decided to rechristen him Wonderweb. Do you remember that stuff you used to put in the hem of your trousers? Keep your school trousers up. Remember? <laughs> so that's it. He's, he's now Wonderweb. And he's one of the... Here, here's the thing. He's one of the shortest hitters on the PGA Tour. So it just shows yeah. you all these boys who are out to bomb everything. You know, there he goes. He was like he was eclipsing everybody. He, as you oh, say... He was, he was fantastic. You can't argue. He was even able to go one over on the last day and still have a four-shot victory. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. so unbelievable here. But what about, you know, Tiger? So that's, you know, I thought he was just... He was he just showed some form there, you know, and if if he could just get it off the tee half decent direction, it'd be all right. Yeah, I think I think uh, that was the, the the old problem came back getting it off the tee, but he did say afterwards he he hasn't hit it as well as that in a long, long time. And he couldn't believe he shot a sixty nine. He thought mm. he should have obviously had a better score than that. So going forward I agree with you, I think he's certainly looking like he's in the frame to to win a big one again. Could be soon. Justin Thomas also finished tied for 11th and with Dustin Johnson ending the event in a share of 17th uh, Justin Thomas took over world number one for the first time so well done to him uh, he's just the 21st player to become world number one since the ranking started in, in 1986 and the fourth youngest to do so ever behind Woods Spieth and our own Mr McElroy not a great day on the first two days for Rory unfortunately but uh, John Ram was the best uh, placed European player in fourth and we're looking forward to seeing him return to the Irish Open. Yeah, and Joachim Largegren beat Mike Lorenzo Vera in a playoff at Vidura Golf Club to win his first European Tour title at the Rocco Forte Sicilian Open. Now, the Swede is a former winner of the NI Open at Galgorm Castle, and that was back in 2014. He was, and he very kindly uh, signed a golf ball for my wee boys when he was there. Uh, Dimitrios Papados secured his maiden European Challenge Tour title by carding a three-under par final round of 69 to win the 56-degree Open in Portugal at Morgado Golf Resort by one shot. Ireland's Gary Hurley had a great week, finishing tied for fourth. Dermot McElroy finished tied for 45th. Stuart Gray uh, 63rd, and Chris Selfridge 69th. And this week on the European Tour, it's in Belgium for the Belgian knockout. That's not it's a knockout. Do you remember it's a knockout, MJ? Do you remember, <laughs> they, used do, to, yeah. do you remember they used to go to Europe? Less said about that, the better. <laughs> well, after two days of qualifying, the top 64 will go into match play knockout environment over nine holes. It's actually very similar to the format used at last year's NI Open. And would you believe it, there's not one Irish player in the field. Here, speaking of the the sort of last year's INI Open and the sort of sixes and stuff, what did you make of the whole golf sixes thing? Um, I, oh, oh, blah, blah. How, how does that describe it? Yeah, that, pr- that it pretty much says it all, yeah. <laughs> the Irish pair were convincing winners in the end and certainly deserved it, but as a format... If it's forced, if it's not organic, if you're forcing people to jump about and react like that, it just becomes so false looking like, mm-hmm. you see when they come walking on to the first tee and there's all those children there, mm-hmm. oh it just looks, it looks awful. But maybe I'm an old cynic. 
well, yes, you're an old fart. Yes, I've heard a lot of people saying this that they don't uh, they don't like it and the format's wrong and blah blah blah. Nice, do you see all the showbiz stuff, right? I can take or leave that kind of thing. Vernon Kay and all these people popping up and hyping the crowd up and blah, blah, blah. but the actual format of the yeah. golf, I sat and watched it on the Sunday. Um, watched uh, you know the boys beating France and whatever, and I just thought mm-hmm. this actually mm-hmm. isn't bad for somebody who maybe isn't that into golf. The six hole match play format forget about all the ancillary stuff forget about the showbiz and the glitz I don't think they need that so much but the actual golf format I think worked and most other people that have heard talking about it have said nah it's a load of crap I'm not so sure I think it could be you know a gateway for people to get into golf well I think one of the problems is that we tend to view it as people who watch a lot of golf and it's not aimed at us it's aimed at people who don't watch any golf and in that sense it probably hits the mark and maybe we need to sort of look at it differently instead of grumping and saying oh it's not traditional it's not what we know we do no no, grump and groan maybe we'll have to say if it brings anybody new to the game it's doing well the same as last year in the NI Open if it brought two people to the game who hadn't thought about it before it was a success Absolutely, and Nal Horan bought about 2,000 young girls to the game, so that's always a good thing for the ladies golfers. Uh, The Challenge Tour is also embracing match play this week with the Andalusia-Costa del Sol match play. Do you like the way I did that proper, authentic Andalusia-Costa del Sol? That little Spanish lisp in there. Uh, Gary Hurley is involved, as are J.R. Galbraith, Dermot McElroy, Gavin Moynihan, who lost out in the final last year, and Rui McGee, Cormac Charvin, Michael Hoy, and Johnny Caldwell. Good luck to all the boys yep on the US PGA Tour it's the AT&T Byron Nelson Porig Harrington Graham McDowell and Seamus Parr will all be competing Stephanie Meadow is still riding high in Symmetra standings the Jordanstown golfer tied for 26th at the recent self-regional healthcare foundation women's health classic now there's a title uh, Stephanie is currently <laughs> second in the order of merit the top 10 at the end of the season earned their full PGA Tour cards and MJ, just hot off the press, hot off the press, by the way, hot off the press, I forgot to put it in there in our script. The Euro Pro Tour starts this week as well, with the Motor Caddy Championship, and there's a whole host of Irish lads in that one, so good luck to all the boys. They're playing that, likes of uh, it, Fairweather, Colin Fairweather and all the boys are teeing it up in that event this week. Okay, okay. At the start of last week, uh, as part of our little busman's golf holiday, uh, we were invited up to Castle Rock to play the course that has been significantly redeveloped over the last six months. Yeah, unlike at Ballyliffin, it was a beautiful day, and we were joined for a round by the captain, Keith Robinson, who was a great fellow. He was great crack, wasn't he? He was absolutely great crack. Yeah, he, helped, he did his best to help us avoid the many bunkers on the course, Morris. How did you get on in that, by the way? Oh, you sneaky wee fart. Oh, yes, now it all comes out. Yes, you had to bring up the first hole, didn't you? Yes, the, the first bunker, the brand new bunker, the first obstacle, the first uh, hazard that you meet. And yeah. I goes in, and myself and the captain goes in. The captain, of course, gets out. I didn't get out after five or six shots, picked it up, walked away with a chicken ding. <laughs> I couldn't resist it, I'm sorry. 
Now, and I suppose you want me to put the video up on YouTube at some stage, don't you? Well, you can go and definitely not getting it. Well, well, six holes in particular received significant attention, with the second and the fifth things showing the most dramatic changes. So I caught up with the course architect, Martin Hawtrey, who, by the way, has done work at Port Marnock, La Hinch and the island. He's also responsible for the Trump International course at Aberdeen. And you didn't have the presence of me. You're all right slagging me off about getting into the bunker and not getting out, but you couldn't actually take him outside the nice quiet area. You had to do him in the press conference and all the noise in the background. Oh, I could teach you nothing. <laughs> Martin, this project started off as quite a small project, yeah. but once you got on site, you saw the potential here. Um, overall, what are your ambitions going forward for Castle Rock? Basically, to make what is to some extent a parkland dress over a link site much more linksy. That's my aim is to make it really feel like a links. I'm not interested in length for the sake of it but I do want to make the surrounds of the greens more interesting, more lively, a little bit more to think about things a little bit more. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, but it's all in that word, linksy. Because uh, when I came here, the bunkers looked like Parkland bunkers. Some of the shaping was like Parkland. And I felt, you know, this site deserves more than that. <laughs> was it one of those things that when you come up here, you didn't know what to expect, and it was harder work than you thought it was going to be? Yes. Um, it was... It, it wasn't like um, many of the link sites I worked on. Uh, Lehinch, for example, which was okay. I, I worked on nearly every green now, um, but it was the positions of greens, the greens themselves were fantastic. Um, here, some of the greens were, to be honest, a little bit lackluster. And so I really wanted to do something with these, which is why, in a way, I pushed for advancing this project from just bunkers to something a bit more. Uh, I think Bert is right that a lot of the uh, holes we haven't touched will be a lot easier to deal with. But these were the worst holes, and so I think we've um, we've established a kind of way forward, the way we want to move. And I think that a lot of the other greens will be much simpler to deal with. And in terms of your current projects, are you doing much in Ireland or where is your current work going on? Yeah. We always have had a lot of work in Ireland over the last 18 years or so. So that we're working at the moment, as I say, in Tralee, uh, Lehinch, a little bit in Doombeg, um, up here in the north, uh, Royal Dublin, um, so no, we've always we we have quite a bit of work in Ireland. Not not major projects, you know, but um, mainly they are clients we've had in the past, and so we keep in touch. And then when they want to do something or are thinking about things, then we go in and uh, talk with them. Is there a sign that the market and the golf business is improving a wee bit since the last ten years? Uh, how do, uh, do you mean the, uh, construction? Construction. I would say no, it's not. Uh, maybe a little bit, uh, but marginal. I think what we're seeing is um, 
no work for major new projects or they're rare. Uh, it's much more this sort of work, is improvements um, here and there, just trying to get the most out of sites. Uh, that's what, and it's actually it's, it's work that I enjoy. Uh, a lot of architects don't like it. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't mind the tweaking and the changing and the m- yeah. moving of things around. No. Um, with regard to the membership here, the people you were dealing with, can you give me some idea of how that relationship developed? It's um, mainly been from um, I, my dealings have mainly been with Stephen, the Green Convener, and with Bert, uh, and then I met the, a few of the principals, the treasurer, and so on, uh, before this project started, um, and then it was basically a presentation to the members. So that was really the first time I'd met many of the members, and so it's all of this, all of my business is about trust and if I, if I can in making presentations if I can get the trust of, mem- of the membership then that, that's good if I haven't got that then it's not worth starting and so I always say that when I put these presentations up well not this one but it's for the membership it's a leap of faith that yep he knows what he's doing let him get on with it you know um, it's, it's hopeless having members interfering. You know, okay, they may not like what we do at the end, but to have interference during the course of the project is, uh, is not good. And we've had n- none of that here. They've been brilliant. Um, and if, if there have been people who want it, then Bert has kept them away. And I presume that's not always the case. I'm sure there's some clans that you deal with who are very intense and very Indeed. and very detail-oriented, right. like Donald Trump and yeah. people like that. That's right. But you have to deal with them all the same, I presume. Absolutely. Mr. Trump, um, you, when we were in the middle of the construction at Aberdeen, he would be on the phone to me nearly every week. Um, and you, I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever met Trump, but he is... He, he, he works through asking questions and you know if you have a conversation with him you can expect at least a dozen questions he's always asking questions um, and that's the way he, he works um, but now I got on fine with him and um, I enjoyed working with him the one question that I wanted you to ask uh, Martin Hawtrey is similarities between Donald Trump and Burton McKay and you didn't even ask that question <laughs> I bottled it I totally bottled it you bottled it uh, Castle Rock officials have made it clear that they have no interest in hosting an event like the Irish Open the changes were made to improve the course primarily for the members and their visitors it's not fantastic that they've gone to this expense to this trouble to hire you know a top course architect to do the improvements purely for the members and the visitors I think it's it's, it's remarkable it's, uh, it's, I spoke it's I caught up with the aforementioned Mr Bert McKay no similarities to Donald Trump and here's what he had to say Joined on the edge of the 18th green, the newly remodelled 18th green with the general manager at Castle Rock. We've spoken a couple of times on the podcast, Bert, about the uh, the changes. Day one yesterday, the members were out. Is it what you dreamed it would be? It is. You know, we're very fortunate. You know, the, the golf course is, is great. Uh, Martin and the guys and EC has done a fantastic job. The golf course is, is laid out well uh, and it's knitted in very well considering what the weather's been like. So, yeah, we're very fortunate. 
And when did this this project start? And uh, was it a bigger? Did it turn out to be a bigger project than first planned, maybe? It did. It started in October uh, last year. Uh, we decided that we'd only really potentially do a couple of green surrounds um, and lift only one green uh, in fact we ended up lifting four uh, redoing a lot of bunkers, new surrounds uh, a lot of new swales and hollows and actually rebuilt completely two holes rebuilt the second and the 15th hole from start to finish so uh, a, bit, a slightly bigger project than we anticipated but um, you know, very pleased with the way it's come out Was that your choosing or was that the course architect's choosing? <laughs> it's definitely Martin's choosing um, you, you know and it's for the right reasons, look we reused some of the turf and some of the surrounds to give it harder wearing uh, he also then decided that some of the holes, the playing characteristics weren't right for what he likes to see. Um, so really having the opportunity and having somebody as, as talented and as special as Martin here and AC, um, it kind of it was a, a no-brainer for the club just to buy into what they were saying. And what was the reason behind the developments? What, what, what did you have in mind? Did you, did you have in mind to make it more playable? Did you have in mind visitors or tournaments or what did you think? I think it was just a, a, to try and make it a fairer golf course. We had a lot of... Um, hidden gorse thick rough uh, that's been taken away uh, the greens themselves are now slightly better protected with bunkers uh, and the bunkers are, are fairer bunkers before we had very poor bunkers um, now they're more indigenous uh, link style bunkers so they're fair uh, the greens themselves have got small contours coming on, on and off uh, which we never had before they were kind of fairly flat um, so I think for the members it's a, a more playable golf course and it's a fairer golf course and I think ultimately look, trying to really kind of get a golf course that will stand the test of time for the next 15-20 years uh, for visitors uh, Just speaking of visitors do you think you're you know, somewhat overlooked with some of the other courses in the area and do you think this will give you a better chance of, of grabbing that attention? I think what's happening on the north coast as far as kind of Port Rush, Port Stewart, you know, the one's going to hold the Open Championship, the other one's held the Irish Open. Um, the north coast is becoming a, a big destination now for North America. Um, so yeah, our green fees are, are up. You know, we were 20% up last year and our bookings going forward are another 5 to 10% up on last year. So uh, as a destination, the north coast is getting a lot more attention, which is great. Um, but I think the changes and making ourselves more aware, more publicly aware uh, and doing more advertising is, is certainly helping us. There's no question. Looking forward to playing it later. Cheers, Bert. Thank you very much. And when we did play it, it was a lovely day. We couldn't uh, the, the the weather couldn't have been any better. Uh, he said he made it a fairer course at 35 points. So I thought it was quite fair, even with my ding at the first. I'll have you know. <laughs> yes, and and it was a day where you could have scored, but it is you know the work that he's done there is considerable, and it will take some time to bed in. Um, it was still quite. Quite slow in places, obviously the greens and the cut down, but if you haven't been up there in a while, the changes are significant. It looks a lot different. Though what I will say, Morris, the one thing that Martin Hawtrey said to me there, and I forgot about that midway through, he said, Have you ever met Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> As you do. As you do. What do you mean you haven't? <laughs> well I didn't know I didn't know what to say of. Yes, of course I have. <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, of course, I have you. Yeah. No, I think by the time the summer, you know, halfway through the summer, towards the end of summer, once they get a bit of growth into those new green complexes, get them cut mm-hmm. down, it'll be spectacular. It already is a fantastic course. It'll be absolutely spectacular when, when it's finished, and it'll be one of the best playing courses up yeah. on the north coast. You know, so right. Let's wrap up episode forty-seven then uh, with the amateur news. Mm-hmm. 
Ireland's Robin Dawson, Alex Gleeson, Rowan Lester and Keelan Rafferty have been included in the GB&I squad for the 2018 St Andrews Trophy match against Europe, which will be played at Liluna Golf in Finland on Thursday the 20th and Friday the 27th of July. Also in GB&I news, we kind of mentioned it last time, but Olivia Mahaffey and Paula Grant have been included in the Curtis Cup team to face the US at Quaker Ridge, New York from June the 8th to the 10th. Paula, meanwhile, finished tied for third at the Irish Women's Stroke Bay Championship on Sunday at Baltray. The tournament was won for a second year in succession by Scotland's Hannah McCook. Peter O'Keefe will defend his Flugas Irish Amateur Open crown at Royal County Down this week. That's the 17th to the 20th of May. 138 players, including 90 overseas competitors from 11 countries, will line up to take on the famed Lynx. Play commences on Thursday, that's the 17th, uh, with the top 50 and ties progressing to the final round on Sunday following a 54-hole cut. Mr Kelly, are you going down to cover that? Um, I'm hoping to be there possibly on a Sunday. Um, I will be otherwise engaged during the week. I'm at Lockern for the King's Cup, which is on this week. Well, finally then, Leona and Lisa McGuire, who are finally closing things out as students in America, will represent Duke University in the NCAA Finals, which begins on Friday, May the 18th. And our own Olivia Mahaffey, our VP of Programming, will lead the defending champions, Arizona State, as they go in search of back-to-back titles. And that is it for episode 47. Do keep in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter. Keep us up to date with what's going on with your golf, with your golf club. (coughs) Excuse me. Send us some photographs of lovely golfing destinations that you're visiting. Maybe on holiday or whatever. Um, And there was something else I had in the back of my head. Oh, yes. Um, Basically, it was this time last year, give or take a few days, where we hosted our Golf and Guitars event. I'm seeing all these wee things popping up on Facebook. You know the wee reminders you get? And uh, it's it's, would you believe it's a year since we did Golf and Guitars? It took us about six months to recover, so yes. I know, and maybe in another six months' time, we'll think about doing the next one. Uh, so anyway, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you for listening. It's been a very, yeah, it's been an interesting experiment in how to record our podcast. I have to say, me here in the house and you in your house, it's uh, so it's all right. It's worked all right, and and the and the, the best part of it is, I don't have to look at your ugly big. <laughs> Cheerio! All right, don't touch me. See woo, shaking that ass. Shaking that ass, shaking that ass. See woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass. I see you, baby. See woo, shaking that ass. See woo, shaking that ass. See woo, shaking that ass. All right, don't touch me. Touch me.